You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Hey, everybody, welcome to church today. Welcome to the service. Uh, obviously, we didn't expect to be here on Monday, but here we are um, on Sunday. Back in another lockdown, but I want to just welcome you, welcome new people. If you're here joining us, maybe you've joined friends and family, might have shared the link with you, or you found your way here on Facebook or something. Just so glad you're here, so stoked that you can come and be part of our service today. And uh, we just want to say we're praying for you guys, we love you, and uh, we hope you have an amazing, amazing Sunday. Uh, I want to dive straight into the, the word today. So if you want to join me, you can find all the notes at the Elam Christian Center app. You can download that and grab that, uh, or you can follow along with me. It's going to come up on the screen as well. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 reads this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I've called this message power and produce power and produce. We're in this series right now called Outpouring and we've been going through this whole month of August with revival nights at 5pm and all our campuses and again welcome all the campuses who are here today, uh, wherever you're joining in from, you guys are amazing and we've been doing this series called Outpouring, we've been exploring the person and the work of the Holy Spirit and really just leaning in to the Holy Spirit and His work in our lives and uh, again I want to encourage all of us, even though we're in a lockdown right now, to just continue to lean in to the person and work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, and but today I want to build on this and suggest that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit isn't just about gifts and it's not just about power, but it's also about this thing the Bible calls fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I'm not a great gardener. Uh, I, I, it's just not something I've been blessed with. It's not a, a gift of God for me to be a great gardener. But I tell you what, my parents are phenomenal gardeners. They are green by name and they're also green by nature. They are uh, incredible gardeners. Honestly, they, they touch anything and it grows. And they've got a small section in their home uh, in Pukekohe. And man, they just have fruit trees. They've got, you name it, they're growing it. They, they're growing everything from like, Tayberries all the way to plums and everything in between. And uh, they've got all kinds of different fruit trees. But the fruit trees I think they're most proud of are their avocado trees. Uh, they do not have a big section. It's just a normal size section. But they have four big avocado trees that they have grown from scratch on their property. And they're amazing. And uh, I love my mom and dad, and they're, they're incredible people, and because their son is a pastor, it was only a matter of time before they were going to become a sermon illustration. So mom, thank you so much. I know you're watching today, and pray you enjoy this, but uh, they, they love their avocados. They are all about their avocados. They've got four different kinds of avocados growing on their property, and uh, they know how to grow them, and they know how long it takes for them to grow from the seed all the way up. They know how long it's going to take to fruit. They know the kinds of different fruit. They know how to keep the tree, and if you ever go visiting them, chances are you're going to learn a lot about avocados. You're going to probably go home with some avocados, uh, and you might even be lucky enough to go home from my parents' house with your own avocado tree that my mum has grown from a stone, and it's starting to do its thing. And don't worry, they're going to tell you all about how to make that thing work and how many years it's going to take to fruit and how to look after it and all that kind of stuff. In fact, uh, 
our youngest, Rocky, uh, was getting dropped to my parents' house uh, after having a play date with a friend. And uh, the friend of mine dropped him there. And then I saw this friend of mine the next day. And I said, he said, oh, man, I met your parents. And, and he's, I'm like, oh, great. He's like, they're so nice. They're so lovely. I'm like, yeah, they are. And he goes, and I learned a lot about avocados. I was like, yeah, I bet you did, brother. I bet you did learn about some avocados. And they just have an abundance of trees and fruit and stuff. And all these different trees, they bring forth fruit according to whatever tree it is. They bring forth its own unique fruit. And like a tree bearing fruit, when we receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there's a particular fruit that begins to get produced and outworked and starts to bear in our own lives. And the Bible says this is the fruit of love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And we talk a lot about the gifts of the Spirit, and we talk a lot about the gifts of God. And man, I want to encourage you to learn about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and go to Growth Track and find out about the different gifts of the Spirit and what God's given you. But I want us today to explore this idea of the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to share a few thoughts today about the fruit of the Spirit. So if you want to take notes, you can take this down. And if you want to get to heaven, it's a good idea to take notes. I'm not saying that's biblical, but I wouldn't risk it. All right. Number one, my first thought is this. Fruit comes through connection. Fruit comes through connection. If, if you remove, I'm not a gardener, by the way, just keep that in mind. But I do know that if you remove a branch from a tree, that branch is going to lose its ability to produce fruit. I, I was literally at my mom and dad's house yesterday, and I was put to work because I'm a great son. I'm a, I'm a fantastic son. In fact, I'm, I would consider myself, my parents' favorite son, and uh, I was taking branches off one of their trees uh, that my mum couldn't kind of reach. And she was like, can you just chop a few branches off? And when, when I chopped those branches off and they fell to the ground, I knew, man, that, that branch is done. That's not going to bear any fruit anymore. That's, that's no longer going to produce any kind of fruit. And, you know, many years ago, I was, um, I was a youth pastor here in the Botany location, and that's why I'm bald and why I look the way I do. This is uh, what youth ministry is going to do to your friends, but... I learned a lot of lessons as a youth pastor, and youth ministry is one of that place where you just, you're going to learn some great lessons, you're going to cut your teeth in ministry, and you're going to learn a lot of stuff, often the hard way. And one of the lessons I learned as a youth pastor was to vet the guest speaker before they come. Like when someone says, hey, I've got this person, they can come preach for your youth, and they're, they're real awesome. Make sure you do some homework. Youth pastors, take note. All our campus youth pastors, make sure you take note here. Always vet the guest speaker to make sure that you're getting what you think you're getting. Well, I trusted this friend of mine who vouched for this guest speaker. He said they're like traveling evangelists and traveling prophet, and uh, they're going to come, and they can come and do youth. And I was like, okay, I trust you. Bring them in. I don't know who they were, uh, but this person comes, and they're in church, they're in youth, and we had like a youth ministry of like 200 teenagers about that time, and there's all kinds of different kids, and most of them were like unchurched kids. Most of them, uh, they didn't grow, go to church, they were just regular community kids, and they'd come in, and we saw hundreds saved, and God do amazing things, but you know, these kids are coming from a full week of school, we had youth on Friday nights, had a full week of school, often they're working jobs, and they're tired, but they're coming out, and they're coming to like hear the gospel, I mean, that's a miracle that community kids, like people that don't know Jesus are showing up to a church on a Friday night to hear about Jesus and sing songs about him. It's just a, a rad thing. And this, this evangelist 
prophet guy. He started going for it. He was doing this thing and he was prophesying and he was doing all kinds of stuff. Um, and, but the one thing I noticed about this prophet was he was a little bit mad. You know, like he's like an angry prophet. Like he was, he, he was, he was prophetic and he was, and he was gifted, but he was kind of mad and angry. And, and given that there was a bunch of teenagers there who don't normally go to church and they've had a busy week, there was a kid on the third row. And you know when you need to yawn, but you try and be polite? You don't want to like do the full like open mouth yawn. And so you do the subtle, like I'm keeping it in yawn, and you kind of look a bit like this. Like you just, you, you're sucking the air in, but you're trying to hide it. And, and this, this guy, man, this preacher, he sees this kid on the third row doing the silent yawn, the internal yawn. And he says this to him, he said, listen, brother, am I boring you? Because if I am, there's the door. And I was sat there as youth part, I was just like, he did not, he did not just say that to this young man. Like he did, he did not just say, it. like we've been working our butts off to get these kids into church in the first place. And it's a miracle they're here. I was, I couldn't believe it. Afterwards, I said to him, bro, you can't do that. You cannot, I don't care how gifted you are, I don't care how prophetic you are, I don't care how awesome your ministry is, you cannot do that to our young people. Like that, that kid, you don't know what he's been through, you don't know what it took to get him there, you don't know what he's been through this week, and you can't say that to him. And if he's bored, it's because you're boring. You know, that, that went down super well. My relationship with this guy has just grown from strength to strength. I mean, I was like, dude, you took the greatest message ever given to humanity, the gospel of Jesus, and you made it boring. If the kid's yawning, brother, that's on you. Don't blame the kid for it. And, you know, like this guy, he had an obvious gift of God, but I was very intrigued that he had a serious lack of fruit. See, if you have a gift, it shows that you've got God's grace. A gift shows God's grace. God's been good to you and God's graciously given you a gift. That's what it shows. If you have a gift of God, a gift of the Holy Spirit, it shows God's grace. But if you have fruit in your life, it shows relationship. It shows connection. Because you don't get fruit without connection. You can have a gift without connection, but you can't have fruit without Connection. You can have a gift and still lose connection. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13, it says it like this. If I speak in the tongue, tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. What's love? Love is a fruit of the Spirit. But I have not love. I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm just a bunch of noise. And if I have the prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. Man, that, that verse tells me, man, you can have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but if you're rude and arrogant and judgmental and impatient and selfish and proud, you probably have a connection problem. And friends, don't get me wrong. Like we should desire the gifts of God. We really should. And, and I wanna encourage every person, no matter what campus you're in, if you're part of our church, desire the gifts of God, pursue the gifts of God, but make the greatest pursuit of your life the pursuit of relationship with him. Because it's only through relationship, it's only through connection with the Holy Spirit, it's only through that relationship with God that you're gonna begin to bear fruit. You can have a great gift, but if you don't have fruit, you're a noisy gong, you're a clanging cymbal. If you look at that Galatians 5 list and you look at that and you're a bit frustrated because you're like, man, I, don't, I see a lack of this kind of fruit in my life. 
maybe it's time to come back to connection. In fact, here's a question I want to ask you. I want you to ask this of yourself. Here's the question. In my life, am I lacking fruit because I'm missing connection? Maybe that's the missing part for you. Maybe you need to find again the connection with the Holy Spirit. Begin to lean in and seek Him again in a brand new way. My second thought is this. Fruit comes through pruning. Fruit comes through pruning. Um, The Olympics finished a couple of weeks ago, and I love the Olympics. In fact, I'm obsessed with the Olympics. It's like I was staying up till way too late every night. Like I was staying up till one, two in the morning because I don't even care what it is. It's like it's fencing, and then it's like, what's that thing? Synchronized swimming, or like, I mean, they had crazy stuff in the Olympics this time, but I was just like, I'm I'm into all of it. And um, not all of us are going to ever be Olympic athletes. And I know there's some some world-class national athletes. In fact, we even have Olympians in our church. I know there's some people who've got to that level, but for the majority of us, listen, we're probably never going to get to that level, although... As long as Lawn Bowls is still in the Commonwealth Games, we've all still got a shot. So I'm just going to put that out for there for your friends. But I like to think that there's, there's, like a, there's a secret life Olympics that takes place that you're not even aware of, but it always takes place. And one of the arenas that the secret life Olympics takes place in is the supermarket. Now, you may have experienced something this week of the supermarket as we went into lockdown and you had to rush there to get toilet paper before everyone lost their minds. That was a crazy time. People stocking up on toilet paper. We never ran out. So just calm yourselves, friends. Jesus is on the throne. The toilet paper is still in production. We're going to be okay. But one of the supermarket Olympic, secret Olympic events is the, the trolley return. And you guys don't know, but you know it's a competition. The, the trolley return event looks like this. It's to see how far away from the trolley return bay you can release the trolley and still get it to slot into that trolley bay. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to some men here today. You know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I can make that. You, you like look at the pitch of the, the road and you're like, I'm, you can curl it in. When you get it, you know you won gold on that one, baby. It's awesome. This, the, there's another, another event in the Supermarket Olympics. It's the aisle checkout uh, selection event where you have to scan the checkout aisles and select the one that you think is going to be the fastest. And you know if you get that wrong, because all these people start going past you, but when you get it right, you're like, yeah, people, I know my shopping aisle selection. I'm the king of that stuff. But one of my favorite events in the Secret Olympics is the grocery transfer event. And this takes place between the car and your house. And, and this is most men, we participate in this event every single time. And the, the, the idea of the event is to get every bag from the car to the house in one trip. And you know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, I can do it. I can take it. I can do it all. And so you're grabbing all these bags. It's like, if you, if you can't do it all in one go, you, you've completely embarrassed your family. You've let down you, you, your ancestors for generations past. Like, you've got to take all those bags. And so you end up carrying all these bags. And next thing, apples are falling out down the driveway. Eggs are cracking on. Because you, you're trying to carry too much. There's too much load. And the, the truth is about that event, listen, Often it's better to carry less, like just get rid of some stuff, carry a bit less, and you're going to be more effective, and people aren't getting hurt, and vegetables aren't getting bruised along the way. Sometimes less is more. Carrying less, you get more effective. And friends, the process of pruning a tree is the removal of branches and removal of excess in order for that tree to become healthier 
and to produce more fruit. Pruning, get this, I read up on this, because again, I'm not a gardener, but I read up. Pruning encourages strong growth, increases fruit production, and promotes tree health. In fact, a neglect of pruning can lead to an unhealthy tree. John 16, verse 7 to 8 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It's to your advantage that I go, for if I do not go away, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, get this, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. See, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit not only empowers us to live this life God's called us to live and to do what God has called us to do, he also, the Holy Spirit, also convicts us of the sin and the stuff in our life that's just not right, that is not aligned to God's best for our lives and is robbing us from the full, free, abundant, fruitful life that God calls us to. And He has this way, man, the Holy Spirit, if we allow Him to pour out in our lives, He has this way of pruning off from us all the things that are no longer helping us to bear fruit. He helps to prune stuff off that's going in different directions. He, sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead us to prune a relationship, to prune a mindset, a habit, a way of thinking, to prune off offense and addiction, and to prune off unforgiveness and certain behavior and certain patterns and ways. Because he's like, listen, if that stays in your life, you're not going to bear fruit. You're going you're gonna to find it really difficult to continue to bear fruit and bear much fruit. And, and, and fa- the fruit in our lives from the Holy Spirit comes often through the process of pruning. Where he's like, man, this thing, I- I'm going I'm to take that off so that you can bear better fruit in this. Don't dis- friends, don't despise the corrective and refining work of the Holy Spirit. Part of the outpouring of God is that he will show us and reveal to us areas of our lives that we need to prune sin in our lives that we need to deal with and get rid of. Why? Because it's robbing us of producing the fruit that he wants to bring in our lives. For some of us today, you look at that Galatians 5 list and you're like, man, I'm frustrated, man. I I can't see my life producing fruit of love and joy and peace and patience. I, I just, I'm lacking that. And maybe you're lacking it because there's some other stuff in your life that you need to allow God to reveal to you to get rid of so that then you can begin to produce better fruit in your life. Maybe there's other things and habits and mindsets that are taking the energy away and the focus away from what God wants to bring forth in your life. Here's a question. Is the Holy Spirit wanting to prune something from my life today? And I encourage you, I encourage you to take a moment, even right now, in your home, wherever you are, to say, God, would you just show me? Would you search my heart and know me and show me anything in me that I need to deal with and get rid of so that I can bear better fruit for you? Because it's not just about gifts. It's not just about power. It's often about the Holy Spirit and his fruit being revealed in our lives. And my last thought is this. As we sit in church, once again, from our lounge rooms, from our bedrooms, from our hallways, our cars, wherever you find yourself. Number three, fruit comes through pollination. Fruit comes through pollination. There is a fruit that is near and dear to the heart of every Kiwi, every New Zealander. And uh, it's not the apple. It's not the orange. It's not the nectarine or the peach. It's not even the mighty banana. The fruit that is near and dear to us, you either love it or you hate it. It's the mighty Fijoa. I tell you, friends, the Fijoa is the Lord's fruit 
it is, it is the fruit we're going to dine on in heaven. It is going to be at the table of the Lord, there shall be much fijoa. And what I love about fijoas is that down every suburban walkway in New Zealand, there is a fijoa hedge. And if you're hungry for Fijoa, all you've got to do is walk your neighborhood, find a walkway, walk down it, and I'm telling you, 90% of the time, you're going to find a Fijoa hedge. And uh, my parents, God bless them once again, my parents bought myself and Bex a Fijoa tree for our house. And they, they came over the other day, they're like, we bought you a Fijoa tree, and man, I was so happy. I was like, yes, and it was a good kind, like the big one, like the mammoth one or, or Goliath one, whatever they call it. It was the one that makes the big fruit. And uh, I was so excited about it. And then my mom said, um, for it to bear fruit, you'll need another one. And I was like, what's wrong with this one? Did you buy me a dud one? Did you buy, was it cheap? Because it doesn't make, is this the non-fruit producing kind of Fijoa tree? No, she said, no, you need another one. And in order for Fijoas to produce the fruit, they need to have another Fijoa tree near them. In order for it to produce, you can't just have one on its own. It needs others to pollinate in order to produce fruit. Fruit doesn't grow in isolation. Fruit grows in community. Isn't that interesting that nothing in God's kingdom happens outside of a relationship and community. It's like the, 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 the bedrock of God's kingdom is found in us being in community with each other. And I love that over the last few weeks, we've launched into a new round of small groups in every one of our campuses. And uh, it's just phenomenal to see the amount of people connecting and stepping up to lead groups. In fact, I'll tell you, over those two weeks of the small group launch across all of our eight campuses, we saw 40 new leaders step up to lead small groups. We saw 27 new groups launched and started. And get this, we saw 830 people sign up to be in a small group. That's fantastic. That's phenomenal. That's just over those two weeks of, of, of small group signups in all our campuses. That's incredible. You know what this means? It means our church is about to get a little more fruity. Now it's already a little bit fruity because I'm here, but it's about to get more. Why? Because fruit comes when we are in community. There is this, uh, you know, we're currently in uh, another lockdown and I want to encourage you friends don't allow the lockdown again to create isolation in your life. Make sure you're maintaining community. Make, listen, fruit comes. If you want more joy and more peace and more gentleness, more kindness, if you want more of that in your life, I want to encourage you, get around other Christians, get around other believers, get around other people who are bearing fruit. Why? Because it's going to help you to bear that kind of fruit in your life. You cannot do it alone. You cannot do it outside of community. And, and I want to encourage you, small groups, keep meeting online, keep meeting on Zoom, call each other, text each other, email one another, get on Facebook, do whatever you got to do. Uh, connect with the service. Don't neglect being here in, in our service. We don't know how long this is going to go on for, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, I don't know. But we've got to make sure that this is a priority to us. Why? Because we, we grow fruit in community. We, we actually produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not in isolation, but when we connect together and we encourage each other, we stir each other on. Uh, I tell you what, I find when I get around someone who's really loving, I find myself more loving. When I get around someone who's really kind, I find myself becoming more kind. Why? Because we, we generate fruit in each other. People who display the fruit of the Spirit help other people to do the same. And if you're looking at that Galatians 5 list right now, 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you're looking at that and you're thinking, man, I'm not producing that kind of fruit, my suggestion to you is ask yourself this question. Here's the question. Who am I planted next to? Who am I planted next to? If you're looking around, you've got no one, no one who's strong in the faith, no one who's encouraging you in the things of God, no one who's stirring you up into the gifts of God and to pursue Him and worship. If you're looking around going, I'm planted next to nobody, my suggestion to you is this, find someone and get planted next to them. Find a group, get planted next to them. And my prayer, friends, my prayer for us as a church is this, that we wouldn't just be a church uh, who, who knows the power of God, who knows the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but also a church who bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We can't have one without the other. We can't be all gifts and no fruit. And we can't be all fruit and no gifts. We've got to be both and. We've got to be full of the Holy Spirit, have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our lives and be full of the gifts and full of the power, but also display so evidently in our lives, in the life of our church, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want us to be a church of love. The church is known for our love, our love for one another, our genuine love for one another, our love for our community, love for those around us. I want to be a church that's known for our joy, that we are a church that's not depressed and downcast all the time. We're not a church that is just moping around, but we're a church that's full of the joy of the Lord, that when we're full of the Spirit, we're full of joy. No matter what season, no matter what circumstance, no matter what lockdown, no matter what COVID variant, we are a church of joy, that we can find joy in every moment. We're a church of peace. Man, a church that is not looking for conflict, but a church that is full of the peace of God and the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding. And you can find that right now. Right now, you might be in the, you could be back in lockdown. You go, man, I'm just losing my peace. No, no, friends. You can be a, a person that is full of the Holy Spirit and has the fruit of peace in your life. Be a church of patience. Not like impatience, not wanting to just ram through everything, get everything done, but we're a church of patience, that we're patient with those in our community. We're patient with those who are on a journey of faith. We're patient with those who are stumbling and falling. We're patient with each other and have grace for each other's weaknesses and fall. And when we fall and when we fail, we've got patience for each other's journey. We want to be a church of kindness, not arrogance, not rudeness, not proud, but a church that's kind, kind to each other, kind to one another. Kind, we're not speaking words of death on people and saying, you're useless, you're rubbish. No, no, we're being kind to one another and actually believing the best in each other. We want to be a church of goodness. So we're not out here doing evil, we're not doing wrong things, but we're a church that is doing good, doing good for our community. And my heart is that our cities will be better because we exist, because we are good in our city. We want to be a church of faithfulness, that we're faithful to the word, faithful to prayer, faithful to church, faithful to one another, faithful to being committed to community, faithful in our generosity and our giving, faithful to love one another, loving God with all faithfulness. We want to be a church of gentleness, that we're not harsh with people. We're not, we're not too strong on people. We're not too overbearing and legalistic, but we're a church of grace and gentleness. And we, we know that everyone is on a journey. We're gonna be gentle with you as we journey you together towards the likeness of Christ that we're all wanting to be part of. We wanna be a church of self-control that we're not impulsive, we're not overactive, we're not reactive, we're not given to all kinds of indulgences and sin, but we're a church that, hey, you know what? We, we believe the word, we love God, we're full of the spirit, and so we're gonna live a life of self-control. I'm gonna be a, man, a person of discipline. I'm gonna be a church who believes God's word and lives accordingly. 
And I'd love to pray for us, church, wherever you are, whatever campus you're in, whatever home you're in right now, wherever you're situated, either in New Zealand, in Auckland, in Whangarei, one of our campuses online, or maybe you're tuned in somewhere around the world. God bless you. We're so glad you're here. I'd love to pray for us, friends, for all of us, that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit would be manifest by His fruit in our lives. Is that cool? Can I pray for you, church? Let's bow our heads for a moment, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to bring your word to your people. And I pray that for us as a church, we wouldn't just be a church that knows the power of God and knows the gifts of God, but we would be a church that displays the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that your evidence in our lives would be manifest by the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that we truly would be a church of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control and faithfulness. Lord, that we would be a people that display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for any of us who are lacking in the fruit of the Spirit. I pray that we would find again that connection, that relationship with you. Lord, it's not just about having these gifts and being awesome, but Lord, if we do not display the, the fruit of the Spirit, it's all meaningless, it's all noise. And so Father, I pray that we would have both the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but also the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Help us to stay connected to you. We know that the fruit comes from connection. Fruit on a tree will produce when it's connected to the tree. And so, Father, we pray, help us to stay connected to you. Father, I pray that you'd help us in the process of pruning. God, if there's some stuff in our life that you need to get rid of, you want us to deal with in order that we would bear much fruit for you, I pray, help us to deal with it, help us to get rid of that sin, that addiction, help us to cut it off, that we could bear better fruit. And God, I pray for all of us that we would be a church that grows and bears fruit through the pollination process, that we would get around one another, stir one another on. Lord, help one another to grow in the gifts, but also help one another to produce the kind of fruit that you're calling us to produce. Lord, I pray your blessing on each person who's here today, who's, who's joined us for the service. Father, we lift up Everyone, Lord, no matter what they're going through, we know that you love them and you're with them. Father, right now we also lift up our Christian brothers and sisters around the world who are going through tremendous hardship and trial. We particularly pray for those in Afghanistan and other nations of the world that are experiencing incredible turmoil and persecution for their faith. Your word says that we're to pray for those who are under persecution and for our brothers and sisters around the world. So we pray for them right now. We pray, Holy Spirit, Give them strength, give them power. Father, I pray that your saving hand would be upon them. Help them to stand firm in the midst of trial. We thank you that this life that we have right here on this earth is not the end of the story, O oh God, but there is a greater cause and a greater kingdom that we live for, the kingdom of heaven. And so we pray for them, we lift them up. We ask your peace, your grace, your protection be upon them in Jesus' name. I wanna pray one more prayer, friends, for those who are joining us today, I wanna to pray for you today if your life is not right with God. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus with your life, or maybe you have, but the truth is that you've fallen away and you're far from God today. Friends, God loves you. God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin. And our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His amazing grace, He sends His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself everything that you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to every one of us today, not judgment, not condemnation, but grace, forgiveness for all of your wrong, a brand new life that starts right here, right now. It's called being born again by the Spirit of God. 
You get to walk into the plans that God has for you. Turn from your old ways, repent from your old ways and turn to God and walk into the plans He has for you. And then friends, there's the great promise of eternity in heaven with Him. If you're here watching today and you're not right with God, you wanna get right with Him today. You wanna give your life to Jesus. You wanna get right with Him. I wanna invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me right now in your homes. And I believe there's many people today who need to make this decision. You just pray this prayer with me. Say this, say, God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've messed up and I've sinned, but I believe Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I ask that you would come into my life, be the Lord of my life, take control, forgive me of all my sin. I make you today the Lord of my life and I choose from this moment to follow you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, uh, I'm so incredibly proud of you. And right now on the screen is coming up a little button that says, I'm raising my hand. If you're saying yes to Jesus, push that button. If you have just prayed that prayer, either for the very first time or you're getting right with God, please, friend, do us a favor and push that button. This is the most significant moment of your life, the most important decision you'll ever make. So take that little step of faith and push that button button. We're so incredibly proud of you. Well, Bex is going to come now and she's going to let us a little bit know a little bit more about what's happening in the life of the church. We love you. If you need any help, friends, please email help at elamchristiancenter.org.nz. We're praying for you. We love you. Stay connected and we can't wait to see you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.